that time of year again. Summer solstice? Uh, uh, ooh, close. Arbor Day? Uh, you're getting closer. Stepfather's Day. No, no, think green. Think green. Oscar the Grouch's yearly pube shaving? Electronic entertainment. (laughs) I didn't even get it. Yeah, that one took you a little bit, didn't it? Uh, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Money baby, green. Uh, the nerd Oscars. Yeah. And I'm so excited. All the announcements have been pouring in after a week of teasers and trailers. Mario is officially going to wear his overalls with one strap undone, like uh, like Cool Lady MCs from the 90s and onwards. Uh, Luigi's finally getting his own dress-up game. <laughs> yes! I want that, though! Put Luigi in a leather jacket. Ooh. Ooh. Cool guy Luigi? I'd be into that. I'd Alternate like that a lot. skin for Smash Brothers. Oh yeah, all the new Smash characters oh, man. have been announced. Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> a car. Bayonetta 4. A sandwich. These are all going to be playable characters in Super They're letting everybody get a Smash Bros. character, except for Waluigi, <laughs> who will be trapped in a jail cell that you can see in every stage. The gritty new reboot of Pokemon, where all the Pokemon have guns. It's uh, also... It's- Oh boy, all of them have guns? What all, type of guns? Every single one of them. Well, I think it depends on the Pokemon. Obviously, you wouldn't give Pichu, like, a big gun. No, he you wouldn't. He couldn't carry it. It would be really funny, though. I guess so, yeah. The The Pokemon games are going to try to be more comedy forward. It's going to be Jokemon from now on. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, Jim Carrey's voicing every Pokemon. No, we're just kidding. None of that actually happened. The yeah, only it's, game Oscar's, it- <laughs> it's Oscar the Grouch's annual pube shaving day. The only game at E3 is Fortnite. <laughs> this is medium age. The ages. only game that, where you walk around and try to establish a relationship with a woman you met, but you only have two weeks. <laughs> Before uh, she goes to Paris. That's what then, Fortnite's about, right? Yeah, and then and then you write the song one week by the Bare Naked Ladies. It's been one week since we played Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I built a base and you shot me in the back. Did you hear about those girls um, in their middle school who uh, made a petition to get their boyfriends to stop playing Fortnite That's so they pay attention to them? That's really good. This is Media Majors. It's a storytelling podcast about major media. My name is Tom Lockney, and I like to tell true stories from the world of video games and the internet. Uh, And my name is what? My name is, huh? My (laughs) name is Shika Shika Slim Shady, a.k.a. Liam Sr. I almost said Lim Sr. Almost mispronounced my own God-given name. Good job. It's very early. It's a Saturday. It's like a Saturday early afternoon here. And hopefully you're getting (laughs) all those fun vibes from us. Okay, then we're in the mid-afternoon. We're in the dog days of the afternoon. And it's really, you can really hear it in us. But in the puppy days of summer. Because it's June. Yeah. And in the fetal days of winter. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Shakespeare. We do a theme. Every week. And this week, the theme is abandonment. I was actually, uh, I want to say, I was thinking about doing um, Valve's new completely hands-off policy with Steam, but I don't think there's much of a story there, and I think I've said it on this show a million times. Valve is not a good company. that does It it does not have people's best interests at heart. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to do anything good. Yeah. So instead, I'm going to... Go first. I'm going to start where I start. Origin Systems is founded in 1983 by... Orchid? Orchid? Origin. Origin. By Garriott's Robert and Richard. 
Origin is best known for the Ultima game series, specifically Ultima Online, for popularizing the goddamn Mamorpaga. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Richard Garriott literally fucking we coined talk- the term. Yeah, We talked, talked about, about Richard Garriott, episode four, like really early on. <sighs> yeah, you don't need to go back and listen to that. Yeah. They are acquired by EA in 1992. Projects begin to do poorly, seeing poor critical reception and commercial reception. It is specifically Ultima 9 that acts as death knell due to what EA considers a failed release. They cancel three of Origin's projects in development. Richard Garriott leaves the studio, and many of Origin's team members follow suit. In 2004, EA disbands the studio. After everyone left. Yeah. You know what? You can't quit because I fired you. <laughs> like who are you talking to you're in an empty room westwood studios is founded in 1985 they release a series of solid but only mildly successful rts games based off of such licenses as dungeons and dragons and BattleTech. Ooh, yeah that sounds fun uh it is not until 1995 that they strike gold but they do with command and conquer it receives near universal praise and sells gangbusters. Man, have you seen the fucking FMV Tim Curry Command and Con? No, that's Red Alert, but it's still really funny where he's like, uh, I'm going to go to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. And then he almost breaks and he goes, mm, Space! <laughs> oh, man. It's so fucking oh, good. Oh, Timothy Curry. We love you. We should get more famous actors to do FMV stuff because they are not going to take it seriously. And that's what makes FMV perfect is it's campy as hell. I think my uncle directed an FMV that Christopher Walken Oh, my in. God. Are you fucking kidding me? I know it's like a detective yeah, like yeah. cyberpunk yeah, my, my uncle game. directed that. Yeah. Go figure. Uh, Command & Conquer receives near universal near, near universal praise and sells gangbusters. Take, take that again from the top. Oh, you already, sold, you already said that line. Yeah. It is one of the most important and influential RTS games of all time whose legacy is felt to this day. Real-time strategy? Yes. Cool. In 1998, they are acquired by, uh, by EA, who shuts them down a mere five years later in 2002 due to poor sales on Command & Conquer Renegade. Bullfrog Productions is founded in 1987 and quickly finds its popular, important games published by Electronic Arts. Populous is their first true hit, inventing the god game genre and receiving widespread acclaim. After releasing nearly a dozen quality titles, talks begin in 1993 for EA to acquire Bullfrog, which Don't they do, do in 1995. Do Don't go in there! You gotta die! <laughs> Though Bullfrog's management assures the public that quality will not suffer, it quickly becomes clear that despite rapid growth, the studio is understaffed to being given too many projects with tight deadlines. Bullfrog begins to hemorrhage legacy talent and eventually... No, no, no! In 2001, the studio is shut down and merged into EA UK. Oh my god, EA is the blob! Founded in 1990, New FX is best remembered for their NBA Street series. In 2004, they are purchased. Yeah, no, they are purchased by EA, and their name is changed to EA Chicago. In 2007, they are shut down for failing to meet profit goals. Uh, Mr. NBA Streets, I don't feel so good. (laughs) I don't want to go, Mr. I don't want to go, Mr. NBA Streets. No, EA is Thanos. Pandemic Studios, <laughs> Pandemic Studios is founded in 1998. They are known for such titles as Mercenaries, Destroy All Humans, and Star Wars Battlefront. In 2007, their owners, VG Holding Corp, were acquired by EA, and they were under official owner EA ownership by January 2008. Holy shit, I'm still not awake. <laughs> 
They released one game, Mercenaries 2, which did average, before their entire Brisbane, Australia office was shut down. By November 08, EA would cut 1,500 jobs as the studio released two more projects whose performance likely suffered due to this environment and the stress of labor. Good God. Later that month, EA closed the studio, laying off over 200 individuals and absorbing a mere 35 into EA Los Angeles. EA Sports. We're part of the problem. (laughs) In the interest of time, here's a list of all the other studios acquired and shut down by EA. Playfish, known for Facebook games, founded 2007, acquired 09, shut down 2013. What the fuck? 2013 is a big culling year. We're going to see a pattern. Black Box Games, known for Need for Speed, founded 98, acquired 2002, shut down 2013. DreamWorks Interactive, known for Medal of Honor, founded 95, acquired 2000, merged with EA Pacific and EA Westwood, all renamed to EA Los Angeles, shut down to, uh, uh, 2013. Phenomic Game Development, known for Settlers, founded in 97, acquired 2006, shut down 2013. Unlucky year. Victory Games, known for nothing, founded <laughs> by EA in 2010, specifically to make a Command & Conquer game, shut down in 2013 before its release. Given reason, poor reception of the alpha. Victory Games staff member posts anonymously on the official forums and assigns the blame to, quote, corporate shenanigans. Mythic Entertainment, known for the MMORPG The Dark Age of Camelot, founded 95 as Interworld Productions, acquired 2006, merged with BioWare 2009 as part of restructuring, reformed with a different staff in 2012, shut down 2014. Good God. Maxis Software, known for SimCity, founded 1987, acquired 97, shut down 2015. Visceral, known for Dead Space, founded 98 as EA Redwood Shores, shut down 2017 while working on a Star story-driven Star Wars property. In, I believe, six years, we've gotten three Star Wars games from EA because they have no fucking idea what they're doing. But are all are all Star Wars games part of EA? Like okay. EA, EA owns the Star Wars license. So yes. we've got, what, Battlefront 2? Battlefront, no, Battlefront, no. and then Battlefront, Battlefront 2, 2, which was a disaster. That's a big part of EA's uh, press conference that's happening today, actually. Uh, yeah, we're recording this on Saturday, June 9th. Uh, the EA press conference has happened for E3. Um, actually, I'm gonna. That's that's what I want to tie this into. For th- this has been a pat. Like this is why this is why EA gets voted the most evil corporation every year. When even though like Monsanto exists. <laughs> hey gamers, what the fuck? Everybody? What are we doing, guys? Yeah. Come on now. EA has a pattern of finding they i mean like that's the thing is like they do have a really good eye for talent but they just don't know how to make it appeal to a broader audience how the hell do you fuck up star wars video games that's the easiest that's thing, the thing to bring a they video were getting game out of. they were getting star wars 1313 which is like supposedly supposedly it it was going to be like a boba fett game because 1313 has something to do with boba fett sure. i don't know um and it was going to be written by amy hennig who like did the Uncharted games, and I have problems. Great. I have problems with that storytelling in that franchise, but like, I think it would have turned out pretty good, and we would have gotten a really good AAA video game out of yeah, it. At least something that would spark some new conversation and new direction of Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, and like Visceral, <sighs> Dead Space. Like, here's the thing: is like Dead Space One was an incredibly popular IP. EA was like, we are going to make it a multimedia franchise. They release comic books, they release movies, and those tank because. They don't know what the actual audience is. Uh, then they make Dead Space 2. And I, I genuinely believe that Dead Space 2 is one of the best uh, like AAA action stories in 
like games. It's not like I a gave good, up fifteen minutes in. It's not like a good story or anything. Like it's yeah, it's still about like oh fucking space zombies and you gotta cut off their limbs. But I think that just like the way that that game is structured and told uh, is really really good. And I think that like that marriage with Visceral and Amy Hennig is like. Really it would have smart. been something interesting. Yeah, I think we would have been talking about that game for a long time. But EA keeps... But you want another Harry Potter game that isn't good. Yeah. Uh, EA keeps snagging these companies up, having no idea what to do. And, like, that's the thing, is we know that there are problems with management at EA. This has been talked about. Um, oh, I can't remember the exact episode of Waypoint Radio, but uh, Munvir uh, here was on uh, as a guest uh, that's m-a-n-v-e-e-r-h-e-i-r for anybody looking to google it he's an ea expat he talked he was on the andromeda team he's talked about uh that a lot of the reasons that that game suffered was management so today at e3's press conference anthem got a bigger trailer uh, and i believe we've also we're also seeing gameplay I, I might be mistaken about that second part i've just been able to follow through twitter I don't like to make predictions as much on this podcast because we're like members of the public. We don't have that access. But like there is there is a pattern here of EA getting these like really talented teams of people who make incredibly good games. Like the the amount of quality on this list is incredible. And then they fuck up the marketing and and the design of the game. Like that's the thing is like Anthem is being made by Bioware known for their story-driven RPGs. This game is supposed to be like a competitor to Destiny. Bioware is character-driven narrative, and they haven't hyped that up at all with Anthem. They're trying to compete with a game uh, that already is like struggling. And yeah, it's like found its market, but it's EA's big PR angle at this press conference uh, this year is like very clearly hey, we, we want to do better. They like have been very apologetic for like loot boxes in Battlefront 2. But like, again, that's another example is like they are aping trends from the industry in an attempt to appeal to a mass market and maximize profit. And then it blows up in their face and they keep doing that. And I fear that if Anthem does not perform well, did you know that you can't, there's no romance in Anthem. There's no romance in a Bioware game. Like, I don't understand who that game is for because it's not for me, a, a Bioware fan who is looking for narrative, who is looking for character-driven narrative, and who's also looking to fuck some weird aliens. <laughs> and I don't think it's for, like, the Destiny crowd because those people like first-person shooters and that game already exists for them and they it's are already Destiny. and they're already waiting for it to get better. So like unless Anthem comes out and is incredible, I I feel a little nervous that BioWare is going to be the next uh studio that EA shutters. Oh, because no. that's the thing too is like Andromeda didn't do very well. Yeah. Uh and and like again, that was not the fault of the developers, that was the fault of EA and and the way that that company is run even if their online game finds a base and exists i i don't think that that's going to be enough to save bioware uh especially because like they have dragon age now we know like is having trouble development as well and like it's been pushed back and i don't think that ea uh historically has had enough faith in their teams of people to like give them the benefit of the doubt so 
that's my that's my story this week, and it kind of aligned pretty well with uh, E3. Yikes! Especially with what with the stuff that we're learning about Anthem. I mean, there's some cool things. Like, I'm not trying to like shit on Bioware in that game. Like, I'm. No, pr- no, it's clear it's... that they are being told to do things to appeal to an audience that I don't think they've historically appealed to. So we'll see. Well, that's troubling. I still haven't played a Bioware game. You've never played Mass Effect? Nope. Dragon Age? Nope. KOTOR? Nope. Tom. That's a good point. Tom. You haven't tried vanilla, chocolate, how about Rambutam? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break to eat some Rambutam ice cream. We're going to hear about uh, another show on the network, and when we get back, it's going to get a little... I'm not even kidding. Have you ever watched something for your favorite actor, but then afterwards you realized it wasn't worth your time? Well, our time is worth nothing. I'm Katie. And I'm Lenny. And together we host the Filmographers. Every month we pick an actor and watch everything they've done. Then we report back to you so you know everything to decide if it's worth your time. So check us out on the Major Cast Network or wherever you find your podcasts. New episodes the first week of every month. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Movies are like babies. They take time, effort. There's a best boy and a gaffer. And they're so loud. They're so loud. And if they don't make money, then what was the point in the first place? <laughs> uh, but for real, movies take a lot of work. Um, there's like three segments of making a movie. There's production, and then there's pre-production, which is before production, and post-production, which is... After production, yeah. There you go. You're, you've been following along. You've For been anybody... going to my seminars. Yeah, I've been hanging Yeah, I've been hanging out with my, my movie buddies. Um, and pre-production is probably the most important part, maybe. I don't know. I'm not an expert. They're all important. They're in all important ways, in their own yeah. ways. But pre-production is when the look of the movie is, is cooked up, so to speak. Uh, every character, every prop, every scene, uh, scene location, every important architectural structure is all drawn and sketched out and debated on and deliberated and, and made. Yeah. And um, it's really important because it's like the the type of seed that's planted and then you have to like, you know, water it accordingly. Right. And then, you know, character designs are finalized, and then it goes to props, and they make the stuff, and then the, what you see on screen is the character, and then audiences either hate it wholesale, or they want to fuck it. <laughs> uh, As, yeah, yeah, you know what? That's now really that I think too. about it, that's true. Xenomorph, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nolte? No, thank you. Nah, I'm good. Fish, big Fish, house? big? What's... What was the Guillermo del Toro movie? The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water. No, no, no. Fish Big House. Yes, Fish Big House. Fish Big House. Fuck it. Um, so t- sometimes an idea, sometimes an idea is thrown out during pre-production. It doesn't make any sense. The producers don't like it. It would be too expensive. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes those concepts are some strange, weird boys that the world would certainly want to fuck. I want to hear about these weird, sexy boys. So today we're going to look at some of some of the could-have-been thick boys that we never got, and these are 100% all real. Now, there's not a ton because it's a very niche list, Yeah. but, yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I, think, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. These are all real concepts. They were never fully realized, but they are real. 
Number one, Frog Han Solo. So George Lucas is a great example of why writing is really rewriting. Uh, his original ideas for some of these iconic Star Wars characters. Jabba the Hutt was going to be a furry stop-motion creature with eye tentacles and was going to be voiced by a guy from Ireland. C-3PO is going to have a mustache and, and act more like a sleazy used car salesman. And Han Solo is going to be an older, froggy-looking alien. I love you. I know! I know, Miss Piggy. Uh, Dark Horse Comics did a, a comic book of Lucas's first draft, and oh my god, I highly recommend looking at it. Oh, like, yeah? For this sexy, piccolo-looking motherfucker. Oh, alone. hell yes. Look, at, Look this. at this. Oh, he looks a little bit like the swamp thing. Yeah, describe it for the audiences. Uh, Okay, like literally, like... Swamp Thing as he is uh, depicted in the DC comic Swamp whatever. Thing. Yeah. Um, like, no n- no nose, really, but he kind of has those two, like, like flary, flesh. Yeah. The, the, the face labia that he's got. He's like a sexy piccolo. And he's green, and he's so smooth. And it's, he's got, like, the classic vest that Han Solo wears, but no shirt underneath. Yeah. And then just, and like, a lot of Liefeld. Ripped patches but look this is that's the grinch but that's that's just a picture of jim carrey's the grinch but yeah that's what han solo originally interesting like. man i kind of think that would would have been, it really been cool. cooler if, yeah. if he was an alien yeah number two tim burton's brainiac oh you know how tim burton's whole like thrift store jack-o'-lantern pumpkin aesthetic yeah is, is perfect halloween for, hot topic yeah it's perfect for superhero movies <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. you know like, I'm not kidding. Believe it or not, in the 80s, there is a time where studios were only comfortable with Timothy, I lost my virginity in a spider's web, Burton, making superhero <laughs> punch-em-ups. Uh, he made two Batman movies that did gangbusters. Let me let me say something out loud that I think might be terrible, but I need to say. Tim Burton's Suicide Squad. Ah. <laughs> oh, right? That actually would like, really I good. I feel like it Maybe kind not of... Maybe now, not Tim now, Burton, because but... I think he's definitely lost the spark. Um... But yeah, like a prime 80s, just fresh off of Beetlejuice, about to do Batman. Because his Batman movies, those make sense for him to do. Yeah. Suicide Squad makes sense for him to do. But how about a Nick Cage Superman? Oh my god, that's right, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, Tim Burton was gonna have Brainiac, the sort of like elitist robot that I'm supposed to think is a good villain, but really I get bored every time I see him. Uh, He was gonna be in the movie. Tim Burton's version included both just a green skull on a black pyramid, like, roaming around, and a Beetlejuice-striped sweater-wearing motherfucker oh with God. a ton of arms. He just, yeah, he just he just made Beetlejuice. It's just Beetlejuice with Brainiac's head and six arms. He's got, like, big old lips and big teeth and, and six arms. It's Edward Scissorhands. It's, it's like a sketch of Edward Scissorhands. That's really fucking awful. Oh, man, it's probably good we did not get that movie. Ah, oh, but you, but I want but all it those six gone arms down. on me. <laughs> He's a spider. Oh, He's man. an actual, Tim Burton wanted to make a spider. Six arms to jack me off all at once. <gasps> good thing your dick is big enough. <laughs> Thank you, Liam. You're welcome. Uh, number three, Wally Blobs. Wally is a movie about an adorable robot that falls in love with a different adorable robot, but it's also a scathing commentary on our consumption, capitalism, the environment, because uh, Wally eventually finds humans and they're all these like floating, obese, on, lazy, yeah. doughy uh, people. But originally, Wally was going to encounter a bunch of blobs of different colors that float and spoke gibberish with a twist that these were the futures of 
humanity. Mm. But anyways, they thick. Oh, that's actually very cute. They're Aww. adorable. There's one who's got like a peacock looking thing and then a bunch of other, you know, that kind of reminds me of his uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Yeah, it's like Inside Out meets Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Yeah. Um, I don't think it makes sense plot wise. Like I don't understand and how they would, it turns. It feels like these. they would have to. They would have to like do a bit extra like lore stuff about how humans evolved into blobs. Honorable mention: Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Chris Evans were going to be in an Akira movie, and it's anime boys played by cute boys. I'm not really counting it, but I think it's important. I also don't really like the movie Akira, and this is a fun podcast for me. <laughs> um, I don't have pictures of those because it's literally just like. Chris Evans and Joseph Gordon-Levitt dressed like someone professionally for money did concept art yeah, as yeah. those characters. Go look it up if you like Akira. Good for I health, don't. bad for education. There but on go. Chris Evans. Number four, the human-dinosaur hybrids in Jurassic Park 4. Uh, what? So Jurassic Park 4 originally, before it was it called... Jurassic uh, World. Yeah, was going to be Jurassic Park 4. I'm sure it was going to be stupid. Terrible. I mean, hey, the product that we got also was not great. So they thought that we would want human-dinosaur hybrid super soldiers. I wonder why. And they drew them up. Oh, my God. Holy shit. That sexy orc-looking motherfucker oh, with a man. robot just arm. Looks like they're always screaming. Does have a gun arm. Wow. Just had a gun arm. Look this is... This is so stupid. It, I love I love uh, whenever somebody is tasked with creating like a hybrid creature where what they do is like one half is like they, they pick one side of it. So either in this case it would be like human or dinosaur. And in this case they've chosen to go more dinosaur than human. But the way that they make it more human-like is like they bipedal they, they're now. bipedal and then half of the dinosaur is like smaller Blah. than the other half. And it's also all their faces are like, kill me, I shouldn't exist. <laughs> Very do- so uh, dumb. I love Dr. Morale. Yeah, but like they also drew them so thick, <laughs> which I didn't think was necessary. But they gave them curves. Yes, because dinosaurs got a lot of meat. Um. Anyways, this is a sponsored post to not go see Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. So they'll stop making the same goddamn movie over and over again. And that's all I could find. Tune in next time for a different story. And I'd throw my phone at this point if I could. Ah, that's fun. Okay, well, at the end of every episode, this one was fun. This one was light. This one was short, which is good. Because I'm still very sleepy. Mm -hmm. Um, We do a fun little segment called the self-care corner. Because sometimes we talk about... Uh, uh, rough stuff on the show, and we like to balance it out with a nice thing that happened. I'm gonna go first. I got a job. Whee! I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say where it, where it is or whatever, because I want to keep the podcast separate from my employment. Because um, I'm sure my views don't reflect that of my employer. But uh, yeah, I got. A, I finally got a full time job, which is really good because I've been out here grinding for a hot minute. My job got extended till December. Yeah. We working. But my real self-care corner is today, I'll be going to a Korean spa. It has a jade sauna room, a salt sauna room, a clay sauna room, a this nice. sauna room, a that sauna room. Jane and I are going to go relax. I'm gonna, you're going to come home tonight and you're going to be absolutely glowing. I hope so. I'm going to try to take an edible beforehand, but we'll <laughs> see how that goes. 
All right. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Media Majors Cast. Our bios are in the description. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Listen it, to the other shows on the network. Absolutely. They're all incredibly good and very funny. We have some new ones uh, coming out in the next, like, I'd say, I'd say this is the summer of major cast yeah. shows. Because, like, we're going to get a couple new shows in the summer that I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, I think one we've mentioned, I'm not going to talk about any of them. I think some we've mentioned on previous episodes. You'll have to look back and find them yourself. But uh, yeah, the network is growing. We want to thank you guys for being patient. Yeah. Spread the word. Spread it like schmear on a bagel. Uh, you can email us at mediamagerspodcast.com and I think that's it. What does Sonic feet, what does Sonic's feet look like? I haven't gotten any submissions to this. And Liam refuses to Google it. No, I've Googled it. I just don't like what I've found. I don't think it's <laughs> All accurate. Alright. Then think then send in what you think uh Liam thinks Sonic's feet look like. Yeah. And as always, we'll be there for you. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.